Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. So I Enjoy. About this, the love. And I said, Tim, do you want me to preach of that? He said, no, I don't want you to mess up my message, Dad. So, <laughs> so I've got a different one. Amen. <laughs> Still on relationships, but uh, <laughs> that's what you have kids for, to bring you down to size. Amen. No, he didn't quite say it like that, but he meant that. <laughs> He's 47 years old, and I've been around for 47 of those, so, you know, you get to read them. Amen. So I'm speaking on this this morning, 360-degree relationships. 360 degrees. Because everything in our life is touched by relationships. <laughs> you came to church this morning. I had to go to Papua New Guinea, and for some reason or other, they put me in the middle seat, which I hate, even when there's thin people behind me. Murray, can you just stand up for one moment? No, okay. That was sitting on one side. And we were in cattle class. And then another guy comes and sits me in the window seat. And he's just almost the same mature age and size. Amen. And I don't, I usually like to spread my arms out and make my own room. But I'll tell you what, I was like this. When they went to give me a meal, I said, no, I can't fit it in. <laughs> and then the, then the uh, hostess said, Murray's hanging out over. She said, we can't have this. And she said, I do have a seat down the back. I said, I've been waiting for it. Thank you. I'll be right down there straight away. Gather my goods up. And I had three seats to myself. And praise the Lord all the way to Papua New Guinea. Amen. <laughs> but you know what I missed? The relationship, because Murray and I love talking, <laughs> love chatting, love talking about God. And, and, you know, relationships are everything. But, you know, the closer you get to relationships, the more your humanity is exposed. How many wives, now don't let your husband put your hand, see you putting your hand up. You married him when you thought he was just perfect. Yeah. His head's nodding, but no one's going, look the other way, yeah. But the longer you're married, you see his humanity. Mostly you can tolerate it. But some things would like to be changed. <laughs> Who knows if wives can't change husbands and husbands can't change wives. And I praise God at seven years in the marriage when it didn't look so good for Trish and I. We loved each other, but we didn't like each other. Amen. <laughs> because <laughs> she didn't like my behavior and I didn't like her response to it. You know, like... <laughs> Being a selfish, ambitious young man, <clears throat> and one day in, in the middle of our life, I'm not giving my testimony, the great Holy Spirit followed a leader in and a speaker in, and he wanted to pray in my bedroom. I thought I'd better go in and see what he's in my bedroom. You know, like, how many people would have welcomed that, especially when you were a backslider? <laughs> so I went in and see what he was doing. And he just lifted his hands and began to worship God and tears flowed down. I thought, maybe this guy is actually talking to God. So I was kind of looking at him. Then he opened his eyes and I tried to get mine closed in time, you know. Because he said we're having a prayer meeting. I couldn't even think what to say because I wasn't, wasn't engaging in prayer at all at that time. 
except from time to time I'd yell out, help God, and then he'd get me through and I'd say, that was good, thanks God, and forget him again. Relationships. Relationships are everything. Some are toxic and some are great. And for us as kingdom people, I'm not talking about any relationships. I'm talking about kingdom relationships. Relationships that honour Jesus Christ. Relationships that bring glory to God. Relationships that build you 360 degrees. Because we're—pardon <coughs> me, wherever you're going in, 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 in life, there's relationships. And sometimes you don't want the relationship you got. And other times you just embrace them and run to them. But they're relationships. So, uh, you know, I, and we live in a world that's so toxic in relationships. You know, so toxic. You know, our conversations, the anger that's in homes and the bitterness that's in people. I mean, we just had a referendum and whatever the outcome, but I, I see no matter who, who was on the side that got 60% and who was on 40, there's still bitterness. We didn't resolve anything. Obviously, the referendum wasn't the answer because I'm not sure of what the outcome would be. But yet we've got people, our people, our indigenous people, our first people, our, our people. We've invited people from all over the world and we celebrate our multiculturalism, but yet we don't really celebrate it because of such toxicity. When we have a little skirmish in the Middle East, we have massive toxic marches. See, relationships are more important to us right here, right now. For without a, a, a river of the kingdom of God to flow down through our people. I've been reading books on revival again lately and uh, one about Australia. And one of the stories in there so impacted me uh, that in, in um, Maitland in New South Wales, just north of Sydney, south of uh, Newcastle, in the coal mines there, uh, there, there was the unions had taken over and there were strikes and the workers were, 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 were out shooting rabbits just to feed their families because the coal owners, coal mine owners had just shut up shop on them. And a, 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 some revivalists came to Maitland and God spoke to them. They began to go into the union meetings and the unionists wanted to kick them out and say, you've got no part of this. And they said, we are communists. And they said, we don't care whether you're communists or not, but we have the kingdom of God. And that rules over communism, over bitterness. And there was people there wanting to murder. There was people there with knives to go and knife the security. It was about to be a breakout of, 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 of just rebellion and strife. And as they preached, one man was touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And with one man, it multiplied into two. And it wasn't long before the unions had no power because there was no one would go to the union meetings because the kingdom of God had changed their hearts. Don't despair in our nation. Without revivals, we would have been a pagan nation. But if you read through the revivals of Australia, there was little communities and colonies, how the power of God came, where there was drunkenness and excessives in sexuality and debauchery. And, and, you know, and God changed these people, our forefathers in this nation, wherever they might have come from. 
Whatever they might have done that has been wrong to the, our first peoples or what. You know, God wants to change our hearts and, and, and let relationships not be toxic, but be powerful. Because relationships on the other side lead people to Christ. Relationships disciple people to Jesus Christ. Relationships build families. Relationship with husband and wife put a foundation for a family to be built and a, and a nation to be built off it. Relationships. Relationships. Not just with you can talk. I'm not just speaking this morning on marriages because relationships go way beyond that. Pastor Tim has talked about that and I could, but that's not what I want to go. So if you could imagine tonight, I was going to draw a drawing and I thought, no, that would be embarrassing. Uh, so I just thought I'll try and describe it. <laughs> Some of us weren't gifted like others. Doesn't Wendy make you sick sometimes? She gets up here and sings. And she looks after my diary or I wouldn't have even got to Papua New Guinea. Um, you know, like, and then she can administrate. And then she gets up here and preaches and everyone laughs and cries. I mean, some people just make you sick, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, we love them. <laughs> I had a PA like that, Skip Smith. Uh, Skip could do everything. And like we went to, we, he came with me to, to England and we went to France and we're preaching in French. And I, I don't like preaching to interpreter because, number one, uh, they find it hard to understand my Australia slang. Um, and then uh, number two, they had to, to find it hard to understand me. And uh, so it's not a good blend, you know. Um, and so, and, you know, so Skip goes there. He can't speak French. He's never done French. Uh, in the morning, he's helping with the worship. And so he's, I don't know, with his mouth and the songs or he looked like he was singing. them. I thought I could hear him. That afternoon, he writes a song in French and sings it in French. And I said, I'm going. I can't put up with this, Skip. I have to sack your cunt. I didn't. He was a wonderful man, still a great friend of mine. But you know, you know, that's got nothing to do with what I'm saying about relationships. Basically, <laughs> it's just the great, the great gift of God to build relationships. And so, let me give you just a picture. First, our relationship that's so important to us is a relationship up, and that's to Jesus. If everyone in this great nation the power of the Holy Spirit was able to move from the young to the old. And the great fire and the cloven tongues of fire began to light up homes and hearts. <laughs> Hallelujah. How would, the, how would the relationships of our nations, where there is cheating and where there's adultery and where there's bitterness and where there's strife, would begin to melt in to the love of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't start with a whole nation. It starts with us. You know, many years ago, um, I had never been in a Catholic church. I had no attitude one way or the other. Some people I knew did, but I had no reason to believe one thing or the other. I just hadn't encountered. I worked for a Catholic man, and um, he'd do some funny things on Friday, like only eat fish. Or, and when I'd bring a, um, you know, a, a beef sandwich, he was really felt that I would never make it to heaven because I wouldn't be able to get rid of the beef out of me for Friday. You know, like... I thought that was weird. Uh, it was weird. Um, and you might be like that. God bless you. And I hope you enjoy your fish. But, you know, um, uh, you know it's, it's a relationships. And I remember Trish went along to a charismatic meeting there that, 
soon as we got filled with the Holy Ghost because we heard that God was doing something there. And in that, in that, in that um, there, there was an older priest. When I call him old, he was actually young, but he was older than me, so I called him old. The real old priest was really against us. And he'd come out shouting and swearing at his people every time they'd stand over the other side of the road from our church and watch the power of God working. He wouldn't let him. He said, you go in there, you'll be excommunicated from the church. Oh, and you'd hear him shouting and yelling. But the young priest has got a, a, a charismatic move going. And, and then Trish said, the young priest would like to meet you. I said, I don't want, what do I say to a priest? What do they believe? I didn't, you know, are they men or what? You know, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know priests, you know. So I found a place and we went and met together. And I said, sir, he said to me, David, what happened? And I just said, you know, you know the story you've probably heard. He said, I have. He said, yeah, the, the city's been stirred up. He said, it reminds me of the day of Pentecost. He said, there's no one that doesn't talk about or talk for you or talk against you. The council's against you. The church is against you. He said, no one, no one's, everyone's against you because you obviously are wild young men in the city and God gets you and everyone thinks you're too, too wild and too crazy. God could never use somebody like that. And I said, well, I wonder myself, but we're still having a go. Amen. <laughs> and, and, you know, we sat down and I said, well, sir, how did you encounter the great power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, David, um, he said, I watch you over there. You run up and down. I don't do it anymore. I haven't got the energy or the ability. He said, you jump over chairs, and now it wouldn't be game in case I fell off. But, you know, like, uh, and he said, then people fall under the power of God. He said, and you know, your meetings, the power of God, they worship people stand. He said, and I, I, I want to just go across. But he said, I can't cross that line yet. I said, well, so how did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, this is the beginning of a kingdom encounter that changes everything. In your home, in your relationship. He said, I've got a piece of chalk with me. I said, you've got a piece of chalk? What are you going to write down? He said, would you sit down there? We're, we're down in the park. I said, yeah, I'll sit down. So I sat down in the park. I just sat down, and he drew a circle around me. And I said, <laughs> which seemed a little strange. And he said, you know what? If you want revival, David, in Australia, keep drawing circles around people that are willing to allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to bring revival to them. It happens one by one, one by one, one by one. And the power of God keeps going out. He said it's happened in every revival like that, in Wesley revival, in Booth revival, in every revival. The fire of God, and he said, relationships are changed and the heart of people are changed and the attitude of people are changed. And he said, you know, we preach every Sunday to try and get people just to say prayers or do something. But he said, David, we need people to encounter the great Holy Spirit where the river of God's grace and the river of God's mercy and the power of God meets with them every day and they'll love his presence. They'll love the presence of God. And I said, you're right. You know, I, I took his hand, sitting in that circle. He drew one for himself. And he went to us, and the priest and I, and he said, I don't know whether I'm game enough to hold your hand down the street. Doesn't matter, I said. And I began to speak loud in tongues. And he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, can you go a little quieter? I'm a Catholic, you know. <laughs> and we laughed because that was his. But he didn't count the Holy Spirit. And then I saw Catholic after Catholic young people that I went to school with that wouldn't have come to our church because we're too wild, but we've had to go down there and get touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. And Tari began to change. The indigenous began to change. 
We gave hope to them and gave life to them. Nearly 100 Indigenous people came to our, our church. Many of them came out in outreach and chuts people all over New South Wales as the power of God was manifest. Our, our relationship up. Everyone say up. It can't be a Sunday affair. We just fan the fire here. It's got to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He said, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, get with somebody who does. Discipleship is not doing it alone and reading the Bible and getting what you think. Discipleship is relationship with God and relationship with a mentor. Oh, church, I'm calling you up. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you into the greatest, greatest power and fire of the Holy Ghost. You say, who do you pray with, David? I have always prayed with people. And if you get up before four o'clock, I'll pray with you if you'll answer your phone. Hallelujah. And if you get up at five, I may have a little time for you. <laughs> After that, it could be touch and go. Amen. Everyone says, oh, what would you get up early for? So I can stay strong. So I can be anointed for the task. So I'm not found myself in Papua New Guinea when there was great demonic realms pushing against us and had no power to push him back. Imagine Murray went up there with no power. Hallelujah. And so often we're in the workplace and we can't even change the atmosphere. No power because we haven't got up. Oh, I'm too busy. We'll stop being so busy. Oh, my goodness. I mustn't have turned that off. Thank you. Sorry about that. I'm glad Tim's not here. <laughs> Please don't tell him. I did it again. <laughs> he just gets cringed up. Oh, Dad. <laughs> Relationships, everyone say relationships. <laughs> he's a wonderful man. <laughs> but I know his humanity and his spirituality very well. Amen. Thank God Jesus has won the battle. Amen. He's won the battle. He's winning the battle. Great power uh, is manifesting itself through him and you and, and through our lives. But make sure you're not afraid. Get on, on Tuesday mornings, how about six? It's online. If you don't know how to pray, pray with us. Find out how to pray. If you're not sure how to read the Word of God and you can't get any gathered, read with somebody that's inspired and read revelation. That's discipleship. Jesus said, make. Make. That's discipleship. <laughs> it's simple. But you can't just sit back and say, well, no one disciples me. Hey, friend, chase someone. I told, I told the, the uh, we had a prayer I got home for Papua New Guinea, went to Gympie, and we had a prayer, uh, two days of prayer uh, for pastors, and we were ministering there. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel my age at 75. <laughs> I can feel myself a bit tired when I got home, but I've still got strength in me. Amen. I saw some weary people. And I thought, what's wrong with those guys? Amen. Not enough prayer, not enough strength. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They that wait. When I see tired people, I know they're not waiting. Waiting's not going... Waiting, if it waits, you go to a cafe and you've got a waitress come and she did that to you. Oh, what do you want? You would sack her and say, could I get another waitress? Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit wants to sack us. Uh, come on. We wait with him with praise. We bring worship to him because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oops, I shouldn't jump because I only get off the far ground that far. When I see it up there, it's embarrassing. Amen. Hallelujah. I thought I was doing good one day. I looked up and I goes, that far, Murray? At least I got off the ground, but you know. 
oh, as we wait on him, up. I know that I'd get on this and I wouldn't get off it, but I'm going to try and get off it because it's a really important part. That's just, that's just that first 90 degree. We've got another three of those, but I won't preach in the next. I just want to mention them and speak on the last. The second one is if you go across, out the, well, it doesn't have to be left side, but I put the left side, is relationships you're forced to. You might have made decisions. That's family, relatives. And sometimes we, we talk about their weaknesses because we've seen their humanity. But yet God gave them as a foundation stone to you. Tragically, some of them could have been toxic relationships. You might have grown up with a toxic relationship when your father never built you. But, oh, friend, honour your mum and dad, not their behaviour, but honour them. That you might live long on the earth and have a fruitful life. There's certain principles in this. You know, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, my family didn't understand. They were Christians. We were in the church. My dad prayed for me every day. I gave the farm back to him and said, Dad, I don't want it. And he cried for three days. He never came out of the barn. He never even came home to eat. He just was devastated. And he says, Son, that's you and I. You've rejected me. I said, Dad, you prayed all your life, and now you've got the answer. You don't like it. He said, But son... I said, well, don't talk to me. Talk to God. You've been talking to him for 50 years. Well, no, 30 years for me. Now you've got your answer. You better go back and talk to God. I can't change it because he's talking to me now. And I'm going for Jesus Christ. He said, son, the church doesn't pay good wages. How are you going to look after your kids? I said, if God can't pay, I'll be back here in three years, Dad. No problem. You better get a pay. You better get this thing going so you can pay me. <laughs> See, we've got to believe. Faith doesn't come because we saunter around. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the voice of God. Hearing the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. Waiting upon God. Renewing your strength. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, out. And you know, when my mum and dad and everyone turned against, you know, the idea that I'd start a church. I was against that too, but God said I had to do it, so I did it, and now I'm so glad I did. Well, I could have been milking silly old dirty milking cows this morning. If you are, God bless you, but you know, I'm just glad I'm not. Amen. You know, uh, to follow after the call of God, to follow after where God called you. If it's into business, enjoy it. If it's into whatever, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Run with it. Let God anoint you. Let God bless you. If you're nursing, thank God for nurses. I see how they look after my wife. Thank God. Run after it. But I see him whinging and swearing. I said, you can do better than that. You're better than that. Look how good you are. Look after these people. And they go, we won't swear in front of you. (laughs) So when they drop the F-bomb in front of me, I go, oh, we shouldn't have said that. Oh, I said, you shouldn't have said it because it's not doing you any good, but not because I'm here. I'm bigger than that. That just goes right off me. Hallelujah, because I don't do that. <laughs> One of the girls said the other day, don't you ever swear? Well, I said, why do I need to swear? I've got plenty of vocabulary in English language I can't even talk. Why would I start swearing? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. See our relationships out. We can preach on this all day, how we do relationships. Wives and husbands, if you're not happy, get a fire of the Holy Ghost in your belly. Bring you back to your first love, how you loved her, how you loved him. 
Let bitterness get out of your soul and unforgiveness around your life. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the power that ignites relationships that make happiness and gladness and bring the kingdom of God to pass in our lives. Hallelujah. You know, when Pastor Tim wasn't doing so good in the kingdom of God and, and we're praying earnestly for him, um, you know, and Tim had swayed into a fair few addictive areas of life and... Uh, and you know, and, and you, you run in the church. I said to my head and my, my president once, I said, maybe I need to resign till I get my family in order. He said, well, if you do that, we'll probably every pastor have to resign. I said, oh, I didn't ask. I'm not setting a level. I'm setting it for me. I'm not setting any level for anyone else. Everyone else needs to follow their convictions. He said, I won't take your resignation, so don't write down. So I thought, so I went back to God. I said, God, if he won't take my resignation, and that's not the journey, how do we break through? How do we break through? Because I refuse to see others getting saved and my own son in danger of hell's fire. I believe, I believe. And you know, in the middle of that, my youngest son got on fire because he's in the youth group and the youth group got on fire. On fire. I mean, they prayed sometimes for four hours a night. They had hundreds of photographs of kids and they prophesied, they take turns of prophesying. They'd lay on the carpet and there'd be snot all over my carpet or I have to get the cleaners were complaining. I said, well, I'm not complaining. I'll pay you extra money to get the snot off because that's not to bring in kids to Christ. Amen. And they're prophesying into families and homes are getting changed by the power of God. <laughs> Tim falls off a roof one day and a nail goes up through his foot. And, and so he comes home and he's feeling sorry for himself. And my younger son comes in and said, Tim, if you come to prayer meetings tonight, I promise you, God will heal you. And I went, oh, dear God, Jack. <laughs> I said, Jack, you can't say that. He said, Dad, that's the promise of God. I said, oh, I know that. He said, well, if you haven't got belief, if you haven't got faith for Dad, that's all right. But I do. Okay, okay, Jack, okay, Jack, okay. So I went and repented of my unbelief and cast that demon off myself and tried to get faith. Amen. <laughs> and then Trish came in. She said, you sure you... He said, don't tell me I've got two of you with unbelief. You know, <clears throat> Jack's not backward and there's not a lot of filter between wisdom and him. You know, and so just come out. <laughs> and they took off to prayer meeting. I... I Warned Jack, I said, if you're not home by nine, I'm going to be really annoyed because Tim won't tolerate there at 11 o'clock at night, stuff like that. Came 10 o'clock, no one's home. Came, came nine o'clock, no one, half past nine, 10 o'clock. Then Trish said, I'm going to check. I said, Trish, go to bed. Stop. I said, you're not God. You can't fix this up if it's not going good. But I said, what if it is going good? And you and I just hear an unbelief. Because you see, in family relationships, so often we pray, but because we see their humanity, it's very difficult for us to keep the picture, the picture, the picture. Come on, our weapons are thoughts, imaginations, captive in Christ. That night I failed the picture test. I failed the imagination test. And I got back to the carnal test, and I passed the carnal one. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And nor do you go anywhere in the kingdom of God through the carnal. And you know, it came half past 10. And I was starting to really think, Fed Income, I'm annoyed. I can't believe when they get home, 
And at about quarter to 11, I heard Tim's old car just rattling down the back road. And they had to come past the back of our property, right around. They couldn't get in the back off that road. It was the highway. And, and I heard it. And, and it sounded like a lot of shouting. I thought, oh, my God, don't tell me they're drunk. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to ring the youth pastor and see that they did actually go, but I restrained myself. And, you know, I heard them come around and the music's turned up and there's yelling and shouting as they come up the street. And, you know, Tim's little old car pulled up, jammed the brakes on, doors opened and flew out. And I'm standing in amazement as I see a transformed boy. We met in the middle of the lawn. It had been raining and I'm in my pyjamas and we fell on the ground on the, the floor, on the, on the grass, wet water everywhere and rolled around there in laughter and joy for half an hour. And Trish came home and said, where have you been? I said, they've been in the presence of God, and we've been in the presence of the enemy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Relationships, friend, relationships. Relationships that bind you, relationships that build you. And, you know, when one comes to Christ, hallelujah, and, and, and the fire of God, I mean, and so that, that relationship out here, they're forced relationships. But they're not forced because you have to. They're forced because God, God has got a DNA of people and family that builds a foundation for God to be able to build a next generation and a next generation. So our youth are important. Our young people are important in relationship to God or else we find our seed dies. It's lost and you must fight for your seed. We must know the relationship up so we can fight for the relationship out. And I will have to leave it at that, just about, because I feel God wants to do something in this place. I just want to give you a couple of principles. The other two were uh, the relationships you build as friends, friends, you make those. And God has a lot to say on that. Make sure that people that build you and encourage you and, and you can encourage and build. The other one is down. That's where you work. That's where you go in the community. And God said, you are the light. Thank you. You are the you are the light, both. That's who he said we are in that one down there, salt and light. You may not even have liked them. Ezekiel said, I don't like this bunch, God. And God said, no, you don't. But you're amongst the Christ. I want you, to, I want you not to rebel, but to eat the scroll so that you can be a testimony to them and I can move on them. And so a whole nation was turned back because Ezekiel got out of his likes and got to the love of God where it poured out. Next week, Tim's preaching on that love that can constrain us and take us and build us. I don't know what he's preaching, but he said he's preaching on that. Amen. You know, if I could just give you a couple of quick things that, that you see the toxic relationships have abuse, uh, excessive angers and bitterness, gossip, unfaithfulness. But great relationships add this, love. They always add love. You've got to be careful in your relationships how, because we've got one word for love, but God's got many. And, and, and the love that God wants is that which builds and encourages and embraces and shows kindness. Hallelujah. You see, these other relations, there's other relations, many scriptures talk about the love. John 13, 34 says, a new, everyone say new, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. That's a commandment. I've, I haven't always obeyed it. But Tim, when we obey it, how powerful is it? 
I remember when we, our first converts, when I decided to start the church, or before I started to start the church, before I had to start it, I couldn't get rid of these bunch, was a, the drug addict, the top drug addict in, Tar- in Lansdowne. And, you know, I knew every time he came to my place, he stopped down the bottom, stole my pumpkins and sold them down in Brickett. And he said he'd made a decision for Christ. And everyone used to tell me, he's selling your pumpkins. I said, I know. <laughs> he said, well, why do you put, in, put up that? I said, I'm not sure what to do yet because I'm not real skilled at this deal of discipling people. And one day I said to him, Ted, can you leave some pumpkins for me? Oh, no, no, I don't do it. I said, Ted, I've got a photograph of it. Because I hid down there and took a photo of you. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, can you leave some for me? And laughed about it. I said, Ted, that's not the way of Christ. And so we discipled him through. And everyone then started to say, wow, Ted. Then the biggest drunk came to our church. Every Saturday night, the police would pick him up, put him in jail so he wouldn't do something stupid. And then let him out next morning. <laughs> let him out next morning, he'd go. And, you know, he turned up at our church. And I thought, there's, there's whatever his name was. Uh, Ernie, there's Ernie. He's, he has to be the biggest drunk. Ernie made a decision for Christ. And one day he gave up drunk, drinking and cigarettes and stopped swearing. He was so happy with himself because the power of God came on his life. Ernie never missed. Ernie was the greatest deacon I've ever, ever had. We've got some great deacons, but he was the greatest deacon. But Ernie was one for the book, you know, like, so you had to help Ernie with mercy. But, you know, apart from that, he was really a great deacon. One day Ernie had a heart attack and didn't turn up at church, and we didn't know where he was, but he was in the morgue. And so we had to say goodbye to him. I remember we were at the church that morning, Ernie wasn't there. Everyone was sad because everyone missed Ernie, 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 you know, Ernie wasn't there. I came that night and I walked into the church and said, my God, it must have been, we must have had a break-in. Chairs were everywhere. Stuff was everywhere. I said, we've had a break-in. And they said, no, no, Ernie's not here. Ernie used to fix that up every day, every time he'd fix it. Well, I didn't know Ernie did so much. <laughs> then I found the car park was in disorder. I said, what's wrong with people? They said, Ernie's not here. God changes lives. And so you minister. And Ernie stayed in every prayer meeting. Ernie could hardly talk English. He was just, you know, alcohol and so... You know, Ernie wasn't educated, but Ernie could still get to church, and Ernie could lift his hands, <laughs> and Ernie could, you know, and, and many lives. And the police used to come and say, "If Ernie can get changed, you can change Tari for us." I said, "Well, if we could change you," I said, "No, no, no, no. We we just want everyone else changed." <laughs> and then some indigenous people, my brother, came in and got changed. That were always in jail. And I said, don't put them in jail. So the judge would ask me to go every Monday. And he said, will you look after these guys? I'd say, will you follow me? If you will, I'll take you. If you don't, you'll have to go into jail. And, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of those young people became my best friend because we discipled them, helped them to grow. See, down is so powerful. You are the, come on, you are the salt of the earth. Wonderful Holy Spirit. So when love flows, I couldn't have loved those people. I couldn't have loved Ernie. Ernie wasn't easy to love. But Jesus loved him. Loved him. He loved him just as much as me. He probably loved him more. Because he wasn't such a buffhead as me. So maybe God loved him a bit more. I don't know. He loved him. He loved him so much. You know, and I thought, oh, God loves me because I'm doing... That's self-righteousness, you know, um, then I realized he loved these other people. 
And then one day I was complaining about somebody and God said, well, stop complaining because I love him. I said, you couldn't because I don't like him. <laughs> and the conversation was finished until I changed and repented. And then I said, oh, God, if I have to put up with him, and you wouldn't believe he walked into my office as I said that. I hope he didn't hear me. You know, and he's... <laughs> And I said, and I, I said, God, change my heart, right? I was saying under my breath, change my heart, change my heart. And he put a love in my heart. And this man served in the house of God in worship in an amazing way. You know, because God wants to change us for relationships that change the world. Please don't just get them right so your family's all right. Don't just get them right for this or don't get them right for that. Let the great river of God pour into your life today. Love. Love that pours in. Hallelujah. Faithfulness, loyalty. I was in the hospital in 2012 and uh, a life-challenging pancreatitis attack, major attack. And uh, there was a little Muslim girl came there. was a nurse. She kept saying, Trish came every day and sat there with me. She was wonderful, always been wonderful like that. She sat there and she said, why is she come every day? Oh, I said, because I can't go home and give her a kiss. So she comes with a kiss up here just to... Being silly. And she said, how long have you been married? At that stage, I think it was um, 45, 46 years. She said, so how many other women have you had? I said, no other women. I, she said, oh, you're just telling me lies. I said, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I said, Jesus came into my heart. And as sure as Jesus is in my heart and in this room, and you don't like Jesus, I know. She said, no, you're freaking me out. I said, I have not been unfaithful to Trish. That's why I've still got Trish. Because relationships need faithfulness. I said, secondly, I'm here with Trish because I made a commitment. And I've still made that commitment. I go and see her every day I can get there. I still feed her once a day. And she's not able to respond to me like she used to. But we still love. See, relationships are powerful, friend. Relationships pick people up. Relationships pick them up for the kingdom of God. And they don't come because we make a decision, get a good sermon, get it. Oh, but this morning as we close right now, I'm going to pray and believe that God, if for those who don't know and have a relationship with Jesus this morning, we'll be able to respond to the great. Come on, musicians, come, come, come. I need you really quickly now. I should have told you. Amen. Um, that God can come into your life through the love of Jesus Christ. He loves you. I said, friend, he loves you. Even when you don't feel loved, He loves you. Sometimes He wants to break through the toxic areas around our life so that He can break them off. See, men, in this generation, there's a real attack upon men and their confidence. But we're going to break those Jezebelic spirits over our nation. We will not be ruled by them. The church will not be quietened by them. The power of the Holy Ghost will move. We will speak out for truth. Somebody said the other day, you could go to jail. Well, I said, well, I'm nearly 75. It doesn't matter if I'm nevertheless there because I'm happy. I don't mind that. Not, I don't want to do it, but it's, if that's what it takes, which we do. And that would save Tim going there. He could look after his family then. <laughs> We're not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. There's breakthrough coming. Oh, friend, can you see it this morning? Lift up your eyes to the harvest. Lift up to where the great Holy Spirit is flowing. Lift up your eyes. 
But before that, just those that have never accepted Christ. And you all, this morning you know that your heart's away from Him, but you want to come back. He loves your friend. I sense the great river of God flowing here to touch your heart, the love of God pouring out. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask the question very quickly, but you matter, so we're not going to rush it, but I'm going to ask the question. If you've never said yes to Jesus and would like to open your heart to Him this morning, say, David, I do want to know Jesus. I do want to follow Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hand so I can see you? Well, I want to come back to Him this morning. Renew my life. Just do it straight away now. I'm looking across this great church. Lift it up. Say, David, it's me. I'll give my life to Jesus Christ. Would you do it this morning? I'll say yes to Jesus. I'll wait a moment, friend. He loves you. He loves you. I know there's two or three people. God's speaking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Would you say yes? One more moment. As you put your hand up and I see it. Then we'll pray for you. The great Holy Spirit will work just miracles in you. Father, we thank you for men and women everywhere here, for the power of God over their lives. Maybe some didn't lift their hand, but yet your mercy is still over their lives. Your grace is to their hearts. And your love is surrounding them. We thank you for that. But oh, I sense the river of God for relationships. I trust I've awakened you to the power of your relationships this morning. You won't be familiar in friendship, but you'll let your friendships build you, your family strengthened, and oh, the salt of your life impacts. You say, David, I, I want to be a part of that prayer. You love Christ, you're walking great, you're probably doing good relationships, but yet you just want the wind of the Spirit, the life of the Spirit, the river of God to flow through you to the next level. Maybe it's prodigal kids. You need to have strength to, bring, to pray them back in the kingdom. Wherever you are, just lift your hand. And I want to pray with you. I just want to believe. Anyone want to believe with them this morning? For those relationships to be renewed and strengthened. Yeah, people put their hands up. I'm amazed more wouldn't put them up. I'm amazed there wouldn't be a hunger to run after what God wants and what He's doing. Great Holy Spirit. Come on, let's stand together as we pray. The power of the Holy Spirit's here. The great power. Just stand together. Stand together. Everyone's standing. The power of God. Do that. Raise your hands. Just lift them up to God right now. Just lift them up to God. Presence of Jesus. The power of Jesus. Working miracles. <laughs> river of God flow, flow, flow right now. Flow through our hearts, flow through our lives. Oh, great Holy Spirit in this house, I thank you for the prayer, for the for the leaders. And I thank you for everyone in this house, for those that have been hungry to say, God, bring a new righteousness and power through my life. Rain it down. Rain it down. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, Jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.